Good morning. We're glad you're here today. Thank you for joining us by live stream, or if you happen to be uh, watching us later in the day, you've taped this and are watching it later in the day through a social media platform, we just want to say thank you. Did you, aren't those young people, that staff, aren't they beautiful? I mean, I could just sit here all day, stand here, and just watch them. They are so beautiful. And some of them are not too smart, but they really are beautiful. No, in all seriousness, they're they're so creative, so dynamic. And uh, Amanda and I have just been thrilled to have the opportunity to spend these years with them and just excited about what's going to happen through them for the kingdom of God and for this great church in the days to come. So I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to take care of a little housekeeping before we do anything else. We've been asked why we made the decision to return to virtual services here at the beginning of January. And uh, here's, here's something that's very important. It's very important for every church leadership team to make decisions for what is best for their congregation at any particular time. What might be right for one church family may not be a correct decision for another church family. Therefore, I want to encourage you to be very careful in offering criticism of any one church's decision. They are doing what they need to do for their church family at that particular moment. And uh, the FWC staff decided it was best to only conduct virtual services for the Sundays of January the 3rd, which is today, and next Sunday, January the 10th. A decision will be made for the remaining Sundays in January as we get closer to those dates. In my 11 years as the lead pastor of Family Worship Center, I have always endeavored to be transparent and open with our church family about leadership decisions. At times, there were folks who didn't like a particular decision, but in these 11 years, to my knowledge, we have never been secretive or hidden in any of our decisions or processes. So why did we make the decision to return to virtual services only for the first two Sundays in January. Let me just be very transparent and tell you why. Number one, the Tennessee District of the Assemblies of God, of which we are a member, asked its churches to suspend in-person meetings until later on in January due to the highly infectious potential of covid The Assemblies of God is a cooperative fellowship, meaning we voluntarily agree to cooperate with their request, as long as it does not prohibit our church from fulfilling our mission in our community. This request to suspend services for the first part of January does not prohibit us from preaching the gospel. Neither does it prohibit us from caring for our church family. It simply requires us to adjust our process of doing ministry. And let me say, if I didn't have all these creatives around here, I would be struggling right now because I'm an old school, let's go to church kind of guy. At the same time, I have a little bit of independence in me, so we're going to reevaluate this thing from week to week. And if we get to the middle of the month... If we get to the 11th or 12th of January and we get an all-clear signal, we will continue, we will resume in-person gatherings. But for right now, 
January the 3rd today, and next Sunday, January the 10th, we will be virtual only. The second reason is this. It's apparent that COVID is very real. And although the disease has been politicized by many, the fact remains people are dying and being severely affected by it. From all accounts, we are in the middle of another surge of COVID infections. And our local hospital and medical professionals are being overrun with cases. In the last two weeks, here at Family Worship Center, we have buried two dear precious church members because of COVID. Neither of these dear saints contracted the disease at church, but we've said goodbye to them for a little while nonetheless. Our reasoning for suspending in-person gatherings are not due to a fear of COVID. I personally have taken people to the ER who had COVID. But at the same time, we're not unwise either. As a pastor, I never want to put our people in a place which I cannot guarantee it to be completely safe. Simply because I want to have another church service. Here's what I know. This plague will pass, and we can have in-person gatherings every night of the week if we want to. But I'm not too concerned about making sure we fill the calendar with church services. I would just like to get some of you to attend church once a month in non-COVID times. That would be fantastic to me. So today and next Sunday, we are virtual services only. Please make sure we have your correct and updated contact information so we can keep you apprised of our church schedule during this month and the days to come. Please join me in praying for our community and all the people who are being affected by this terrible disease. Jesus told us these type of things would happen. He said it would happen. John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, Jesus said, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, let me encourage you during this strange time in which you are living. Let me just, let me share something that's just strict from my heart. Draw close to the Lord. During this difficult season, Draw close to the Lord. Don't allow casual Christianity to consume you. Keep your spiritual flame hot. Keep yourself spiritually stirred up. A spirit of complacency has started to overwhelm the church. Don't allow that spiritual complacency that's affecting and infecting so many to get on you. Stay aflame. You are the guardian of your spiritual health. Nobody else is. Not the pastor, not your parents, not your spouse, not your friends, not your prayer partner. You are the guardian of your spiritual health. Unfortunately, there are folks who have walked away from their loyalty to the local church during this pandemic. Please, please don't allow yourself to be one of those. In the days to come, and I speak this by the Spirit of God, in the days to come, there will be suddenlies from God. I'm reminded of the parable of the five wise virgins and the five 
foolish virgins. The foolish virgins missed what God had for them simply because they became spiritually lethargic. So stay aflame. Because there is going to be an outpouring of God's Spirit on this land. I promise you, COVID is not going to get the last word. God is going to pour out His Spirit upon this land, and He will pour it out upon those who are seeking Him and who are ready to receive. Enough of that. Last Sunday, I began a lesson entitled, Four Things to Leave Behind in 2020. Four things to leave behind in 2020. Now, we are officially, we've rolled over, the calendar has rolled over into 2021. I know you might have thought we were not going to make it out of 2020, but praise God, we did. It's now 2021. But the calendar has rolled over, but that doesn't mean that we automatically leave 2020 behind. Sometimes it takes a lot of effort to leave behind some things in our life. It took the Apostle Paul a lot of effort to leave things behind in his past. Yeah, even Paul struggled with remembering some things in his past. Listen to what he says in Philippians chapter 3. If you're home in front of your, in front of your uh, TV or if you're in front of your computer at the kitchen table or some of you are laying up in bed and got your laptop, you dirty dogs, you. Here, turn, jump out of bed. Get, turn over to Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. Philippians 3 verse 13. This is what it says. It says, I am still not all I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ Jesus did for you. Did for us. Now look at verse 15. Here's what verse 15 says in that same passage. I hope all of you who are mature Christians will see eye to eye with me on these things. And if you disagree on some point, I believe that God will make it plain to you. The Apostle Paul said, I like what it says in the Passion Translation. It says, I do have one compelling focus. This is what he said in the Passion Translation. I have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future. You know, uh, unfortunately, our memories, our hurts, our disappointments, our betrayals, they don't just roll away when the calendar rolled over. I especially like what the Living Bible says. He says, I'm bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past. Some of us continue to allow our painful past to determine our future simply because we haven't come to terms with this truth. Now get this truth. Here's the truth. Overcoming our past is a daily discipline that requires consistent effort both spiritually and emotionally. You see, some things are so painful and create such a moment of disappointment and trauma in our life that the memory of that thing will not easily leave. 
You have to make it leave. And you can. You have to determine, I'm getting this out of my mind. There are some memories, there are some moments, there are some seasons in our life. There's some days and might even be some months. And some people will say, I just wish I could forget all of 2020. Well, here's the truth. For some of those hurtful, painful things to leave, you've got to make them leave. They're not just going to evaporate on their own. And here's what I've learned from my study of the Scripture and just living this life. For all these years, putting our past in its proper perspective is a sign of spiritual and emotional maturity. If your past is still prohibiting you today and keeping you from your dreams tomorrow, then you have not grown spiritually or emotionally where God desires for you to get to. Go back to Philippians chapter 3. Get out of bed, find your Bible. Go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. Listen to what he says. I do have one compelling focus. What's your compelling focus, Paul? What is it that's driving you? I forget all of the past as I have fastened my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Verse 15. So let all who are fully mature, there it is. Let everyone who is fully mature have this same passion. And if if anyone is not yet gripped by this, God will reveal it to them. You know what he's saying? He's saying reliving our past, talking about our hurt, reliving our pain and our trauma. It might get us some attention from people here, but God sees that as spiritual and emotional immaturity. God wants you to go forward and put the past behind you. Now, some of us are going to need to work hard to put some past events of 2020 behind us. I know I am. There's some things that happened to me and and, and around me in 2020 that caused me some trauma. And if I allow it, it will dictate my today and it will dictate my 2021. So some of us are going to have to put some things, we're going to have to work hard to put those things behind us. In fact, some of you are still allowing things from 2013, 1997, or even 1987 to dictate your present. It's time to leave those things behind, and you can. You can leave them behind, but it will require some work, and it will require some discipline on your part. So let me talk to you this morning about two things, because I don't have a whole lot of time. Two things we need to leave behind. In 2021, as I started sharing last week, we need to leave behind the fear of COVID. In 2021, let's leave behind the fear of COVID. COVID is a terrible disease that adversely affects some and doesn't bother others. The brightest medical minds of our day still haven't gotten this disease figured out It's somewhat of a mystery, and because it is such an extreme mystery, that makes it kind of scary. 
This last March, March of 2020, when COVID started showing up in our area and the fear of the unknown took over and did more damage than the disease itself at that time. Do you remember the run on grocery stores on toilet paper? I mean, think about that. What are we scared? People are scared to death that they're going to run out of toilet paper. Going to run out of toilet paper. I mean, how much toilet paper can you use in a lifetime? See, during that season in March, we ministered quite a bit on the spirit of fear. So let let me see. We're not scared of COVID. We don't, we'll never get past COVID. COVID is with us forever. Its effects is going to be diminished, but it's with us forever. So we'll never get rid of it, but we don't have to take the fear of it into 2021. Here's some things I shared with you earlier in the year when the spirit of fear tried to get on us earlier. Number one, fear is a spirit. It is a, and since it is a spirit, it must be defeated spiritually. Listen. You can't take enough medication to get rid of the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. Therefore, you have to use spiritual weapons to deal with the spirit of fear. Here's the second thing. God has given you and I, the church, believers, children of God. God has given us authority over the spirit of fear. Here's a scripture for you. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 verse number 19. The Living Bible says this, and I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. What's one of his powers? Spirit of fear. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy and to walk among serpents and scorpions and to crush them. Nothing shall injure you. Here's the third thing I want to remind you of. Fear is infectious. In fact, fear is more infectious than the coronavirus. It will, fear will not stay contained to one area of your life. If you let it in, if you allow the spirit of fear in, and if we don't recognize it and defeat it when it tries to get in, other areas of our life will become its prey. Right now, it just might be the fear of a, a plague, a disease. But if you allow that spirit of fear in, it'll start infecting other areas of your life and everything you'll start to be fearful of. Here's the final thing I want to say about this. Fear is not from God. And God never uses Satan's weapons to teach us something. Fear is not from God. Remember this verse? 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit. God has not, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. COVID is a very dangerous disease to which we protect ourselves by adhering to the safety measures that the medical professionals tell us to adhere to but we cannot allow the fear of COVID to control our lives and to prohibit your destiny that's not God's plan for your life so number one in 2021 let's leave behind the fear of COVID number two in 2021 let's leave behind the regrets of your past and my past. 
Let's leave behind regrets. Let's just let's make up our mind. We're not going to regret anymore. We're not going to regret last year. We're not going to regret that conversation. We're not going to regret that investment. We're not going to regret that sin. We're we're just not going to regret it anymore. We're going to leave the regrets of the past behind. Here, here's a good verse. I love this verse. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 and 5 in the New King James Version. It says this, talking about Jesus. This was a prophecy of the Messiah. And this is what it says. He is despised and rejected of men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, if you've been around church world very long, especially if you've been around the Pentecostal stream or the charismatic stream of church world very long, you've heard this verse over and over again, and we talk about it in respect to the redemption that Christ brought to us for our sins and for our sicknesses. But I want you to understand that freedom from regret is a part of our redemption, just as the forgiveness of our sins and the healing of our bodies. Freedom from regret is a part of our redemption, just as forgiveness of our sins and healing of our bodies. Living with regret is not God's way of keeping you humble. It's just not God's way. Listen to what he says. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace. What does regret do? It steals your peace. It steals your now. It steals the promises that you have in your heart and the dreams you have for your future. It's a thief. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Let me repeat that again. Freedom from regret is a part of your redemption just as the forgiveness of sins and the healing of our bodies. Well, I know, Pastor, God's forgiven me, but I just, I, what I did was so terrible. I just, need to, I, just, I just need to remember that so I'll never do it again. That's not God's way of doing that. God, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's not constantly bringing memories back from past events to keep you humble. That is not God's plan for your life. A lot of us, I know personally in my life, I, I have to struggle sometime living in regret of missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Every one of us can look back over our past and create a whole list of missed opportunities. I should have done this. I, I should have done that. Thoughts of woulda, shoulda, coulda will hound you continually if you allow them to. I know people now, I personally know people in their 50s and 60s who regret not having kids when they were able to have kids. (laughs) At the same time, I know people who have kids and regret having kids. I know folks who struggle with regret over missed investment opportunities. I was alive, a lot of you wasn't, but I was alive when Apple started. I was alive when Amazon started. I was alive when the cell phone 
started. I wasn't alive when the ball was created. That was a little bit before my time. Pastor Gary was alive then. I wasn't alive then, but I I often struggle with regret over missed investment opportunities. I should have bought this land when it was this price. If I'd have bought that land then, look how expensive it is today. I'd be set. I should have invested in Apple when it came out. If I'd have just invested $1,000 in Apple when it came out, I'd be a multi-millionaire today. I was talking to a fellow not long ago. He said, I should have tried out for the NFL. I was a pretty good football player in high school and college, and if I would have gone to the NFL, my life would be totally different today. Now, let me ask you a question. What good is that doing to sit around and think about missed opportunities now when you're 40 years old and overweight. Listen, that train has left the station. It left the station a long time ago, and it's not coming back around. We must learn to say goodbye to certain things in our past so that we can be free to embrace the present and the future. Remember what Paul said? In Philippians 3.13, in the Passion Translation, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Paul says you can't have it both ways. We either focus on the past or we focus on our future. And the Passion Translation says, I forget all the past and I fasten my heart on the future instead. But pastor, that event, that sin, that betrayal, that missed opportunity, it was so bad. It was so painful. The shame of it, the shame of what I did, the shame of what I got caught up in, the shame of what I missed, the shame of doing what I shouldn't have done, it overwhelms me. It haunts me. Listen, I want to share a wonderful truth with you that I have to remind myself continually of. Psalm 103. Psalm chapter 103, verse 13 and 14. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers we are dust. If you don't remember anything else I say this morning, listen to this. God is very sympathetic to our cause. He is well acquainted with the limitations we face as humans. Jesus came and accomplished what was necessary so we could be free from our past. Our past mistakes... The things we should have done and didn't do, along with the sins we did and should not have done. God knows about that. God knew we wouldn't do everything right. He's not angry and frustrated over your past, and you shouldn't be either. We can't relive our past. We can't go back and change it. In fact, the only thing you can do about your past is get over it. That's all you can do about it. 
And here's a promise. Here's here's a wonderful promise written hundreds of years before Jesus Christ was ever born in Bethlehem. The prophet Joel said this in Joel chapter 2, verse number 25, the New Living Translation. Joel says this, the Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locust, the hopping locust, the stripping locust, and the cutting locust. You know what he's saying? He's saying to his children, he's saying, God will restore back to you all that you lost. Because of bad choices, bad investments, and mistakes that cost you time and money. Remember this. God can do more with your future than you can do with your past. God can do more with your future than you can do with your past. Have you ever heard this saying? I know you have. You've been around church world. It says, God is a God of second chances. God is a God of second chances. Well, he may be, but many people will not give God a second chance. They've already disqualified themselves because of what they have done, and they drown themselves in shame and regret. Here's the truth. If God's plans were limited to perfect people, he would never be able to use anybody. One final verse of Scripture, and then I'm going to get off of here, and uh, we'll be praying for you all week long. We'll, we're, we'll be at the church. People will be at the church. The offices are going to be open all this week. So just because we didn't have in-person gatherings don't mean the offices are not going to be open. The offices are open. Open. You're welcome to come anytime. The staff wears masks. We make sure that we social distance. Even in our staff meeting during the week, we social distance. Uh, we put some people further away than others, but we make sure we social distance even in staff meetings. But let me leave this verse of Scripture with you. Psalm 126. Verses 1 through 3. Now, let me set it up. This is the Lord's, uh, uh, the psalmist is writing about uh, the nation of Israel, and they had been led into captivity. They had been away from their homeland. They had been uh, uh, sent to other countries of the world. And, and then he, he says that when the Lord brings you back, he says, when, you bring, when he brings you back, listen to what he said, back to the land that you love, that's your home. He says, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. What did the Lord do? What did they say amongst the nations that the Lord had done that was so great? Notice what he says. Then they say among the nations. What did the nations say? The Lord has done great things for them. Not that they'd failed God. Not that they'd missed God. Not that they miserably messed up their life with bad decisions. And walking away from their faith. That's not what the nation says. When God brought them back because of God's mercy and wonderful grace, 
They said, the Lord has done great things for them. What were they saying? Look what God's done for them. You remember what they did? But now look what God's done for them. Look how God's restored them. Look how they serve a God who's wiped all of their bad past away and has given them abundant blessings right now. And the Bible says that our mouth was filled with laughter. Isn't it time you started laughing again? And our tongue with singing, some of you have lost your song. I know that trauma of your past is painful. I know it's hurtful. I know it's debilitating at times. I know it comes upon you in waves and will almost paralyze you when the memory of it or somebody brings it up or you see a scene or a picture and it focuses you, it rehearses all that pain you went through years ago or months ago. I know that can consume you and overwhelm you and just paralyze you and stop you right where you are right now. I want you to know the Lord says, I'm ready to fill your mouth with laughter and your tongue with singing. And it says, then people will say, man, look what God's done for them. And then it says, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Two things this morning that we need to leave behind in 2020. The fear of COVID and the regret of our past. And you can if you're watching today, and as I've taught this lesson, a memory keeps coming back of a moment, a decision, an action, a conversation that hurt you, that stung you, that betrayed you, that brought you much shame. And you have moments that you feel like you've gotten past it. But then when you're least expecting, it comes back up and it paralyzes you again. If you're like that, I want to pray for you right now. And I want you to pray with me. And let's believe God to bring a healing to your memories first, but also a courage for you to step up to that thought attack the thought attack of your past and of your shame and resist it in Jesus' name because the Lord pities you. He remembers you are dust and He can do more with your future than you can do with your past. Can I pray with you right now? Lord Jesus, I pray for all of my friends and those who are watching who've gone through heartbreak because of things in their past. People have done them wrong. Or they've gotten caught up in wrong. Or some people watching me have just done wrong. And now today it's like their eyes are open. And they see their failure and their mistake. And the shame invades them to the point of paralyzing them. I speak to that shame in Jesus name. You have no right in that child of God. Jesus has redeemed you from your regret. He's redeemed you from your past. Just like he healed your body, just like he's forgiven your sins, he redeemed you from your regretful past. And I speak to that shame and that regret 
to be gone in the name of Jesus. And I asked you, Holy Spirit, this coming week and the weeks to come, to remind my friends of how much the Lord loves them and how they can sing again and have a song in their heart because of God's grace upon their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this week. We're available for you all week long. Give us a call at Family Worship Center. Be sure to go to www.familywc.com and keep up with us on all the social media platforms. Mark us down so you can get all of our uh, calendar events and all of our special announcements during the week. Amanda and I love you. God bless. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us online this morning. We had a great time in worship in God's word, learning about his faithfulness, his goodness, and the fullness of him. Now, we have a team that's ready to connect with you, so don't forget to drop your comment below. As always, keep a lookout on our social media and our website, familywc.com, for all updates and information regarding our services here in the near future. Thank you.